Welcome to the King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. Good morning. Nice to see you. Welcome to the Minutes from Richmond. Nice to have them here. Uh, one of the joys I had at, at Trinity when I was there for that nine months Mike was the president of still is the president of the congregation, right? Can't get rid of and, and Janet is a magnificent flower, every arranger of everything. So, yeah, great, great gift, great gift. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we gather today on this Palm Sunday, we are so grateful for the triumphal entry you made into uh, not just Jerusalem, but the triumphal entry you have made into our lives. Lord, Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our mouths to praise, and our life to be dedicated to you, the one who dedicated himself to us, Jesus Christ our Lord. So when Pastor Winterhoff said to me, I'm going to be gone, would I do this last of the series of conversations with Jesus, right? That, that's what I think it is. You've been gone so long, we don't. You've been gone so long, too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, this one um, was on the blind, um, uh, Jesus speaking to the blind. So, I'd like us to take uh, a look today at John chapter, the Gospel of John, chapter 9, which is one of the few references in the scriptures that that uh, have an engagement with someone who is blind. And it, in actuality, there's only about eight or nine references to blindness in the entire scriptures, which I found to be interesting. I thought there would be many more when I, when I started doing work on this. Uh, and uh, a couple other interesting things that I found out, and this was, uh, I always love to uh, quote Leviticus, because nobody ever reads Leviticus, uh, except, <coughs> except me. And Leviticus uh, chapter 21, all right, uh, was a, is an interesting um, reference to it. So if you want to turn to Leviticus chapter 21, my, fav- my, my favorite quote from Leviticus is Leviticus 3.16. But we're not going to look at that. We're going to look at Leviticus 21. All right? And, and Leviticus uh, is, uh, is the rules for the priests. All right? And, and it's interesting... Uh, Verse 20, let's go to verse 16. The Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, for the generations to come, none of your descendants who has a defect may come near to offer the food of his God. Isn't that an interesting thing? Anyone who has a defect can't do this. Uh, No man... uh, who has any defect may come near. No man who is blind or lame, disfigured or deformed, no man with a crippled foot or hand, or who is hunchbacked or dwarfed, or who has any eye defect, or who has festering or running sores or damaged testicles, no descendant of Aaron the priest who has any defect is to come near to present the offerings made to the Lord by fire. I, I, I was shocked. But, but when you think about it, uh, Jewish traditions you know, talked about perfection a lot. Uh, now, thankfully, uh, we don't follow that. You know, I, 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 think of, I think of that, an eye defect. How many of us in this room don't have some sort of an eye defect? <laughs> We probably do. Didn't you say, Mike, you forgot to bring your glasses? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it all looks like, you know, but he's got a big but, but, but the reality is, you know, we, we talk about moving people out of things. Name one person without a defect. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. 
All right? That's it. That's it. So uh, blindness was something that, you know, if you were blind, you couldn't do this. Now, I'm glad we don't, we don't follow that. So that, that was an interesting little sideline that I just came on as I was reading. Uh, and, and it almost seems to me what that's saying to us is that they were blinded by the law. They were saying the law rules over everything. But it's the Old Testament. Right? What was missing in this is what? Grace. Grace or the gospel. It's missing it, and, and in reality, you know, I, I think of, I, I've known a couple blind pastors. You know, we know deaf pastors. We know people with, with great uh, physical liabilities or, or things that hold them back. It doesn't stop them from doing what they, they, they need to do. So the, keeping that in mind, let's now get back to, to John chapter, uh, chapter 9. Chapter 9. This is a very familiar account, isn't it? Uh, Jesus healing a man born blind. Uh, so when you think about blindness, now none of us here can, can imagine, I don't think, what it must be like to be blind. Right? When, 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 when we hear that, what would you imagine that could be like? Blind. A man born blind or a woman born blind? Yeah, from birth. From birth? Yeah. Never, 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 never saw the light of day. I mean, maybe, again, I don't know. My, my, one of my brothers-in-law, uh, who was a pastor, went blind uh, as he got older. And, and you know, it, it, for him, that was really a hard thing because he was a reader. He was a, you know... And, and he, it was not at a point in his life where he could braille it, right? He had never learned braille. So I think in terms of, imagine being born into darkness if you were blind from birth, like this, this guy here. And, and then God saying to us, you know, the, the people saying to us, you can't do anything, but having gifts that you could still learn. I mean, if you could hear, you could learn, Right? You, you might not be able to read books and things like that. And, and I, I know for myself, uh, I can't imagine not being able to do those things. You like being in a dark room and how you feel in a dark yeah. room. Completely a dark. world surrounded by darkness. I can't, uh, can't imagine what that must be like. So, but... Interestingly enough, my hunch would be, now, and I have nothing actually to base this on, but if, if there were such rules against the blind, what did they do with the blind? They might have been outcasts, right? I would think. I'm not sure of that. But So how would they learn them? Unless somebody would guide them, right? With other senses, which I hope, hopefully they did. So, in chapter 9, we have Jesus engaging. Now, so Jesus, as, a, as, as our Savior, we see him, but Jesus, as a rabbi, what was he doing if he engaged the blind man? He was the light. He was the light, but he was going against the law. He was going against the law. So there was that, that problem that could have been there. You know, if, if, if the scribes and the Pharisees would have wanted to make a, an issue of Jesus doing that, they could have done it based upon the law, all right? But, of course, Jesus what? He trumps the law. He trumps the law in the sense of he fulfilled it, therefore he can, he can do whatever in that sense. So let's read this quickly, this uh, uh, chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. Somebody want to do that? As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sent this man or his parents that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. 
As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming, when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of asylum. This word meant sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man you used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened? They demanded. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know, he said. Interesting little engagement, right? Yeah. All right. So once again, all right, Jesus gets into it with whom? The powers. Yeah. All right? And uh, the interesting question that comes out here in this little conversation uh, his disciples asked the question, yeah. <laughs> Hey, who sinned? This man that he's blind or his parents that he was born blind? There were some thoughts that even in the womb you could sin in Jewish traditions. All right? And, and so if maybe he was, maybe if, if he was fighting to get out, whatever, whatever it is, there's a whole bunch of things, all right? But there are, some, there are some thoughts that, that that was a Jewish tradition, right? But the question is kind of interesting that blindness is a result of sin. Is that true? Not on an individual basis, it isn't. You know, a guy sins, so well, I'm going to make you blind. That is not the way God works, all right? Uh, in, in all of our lives, I mean, when when did you get glasses? Does everybody here have glasses? Contacts, glasses, right? Yeah. Were you born with contacts? No, no, we were not. See, you know, I, and I remember vividly when I went to the doctor and the doc, uh, you know, I was having trouble seeing the blackboard in third grade, fourth grade. Anybody else in that room? Yeah. And, and the doctor says, we're going to examine your eyes, and, and then I got the word. You need glasses. Corrective lenses. That's what they used to call them back in the dark ages. All right? Well, a fourth grader coming in with glasses, guess what? What were you called? Four, Four eyes. eyes. Four, eyes. Yeah. Four eyes, you know. And now, everybody was doing it, and you just said, all right, it's what it is. But you sure felt kind of funny, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you sat at your desk, and you went like this. <laughs> at least I did. You know, it, but, but it happens in our lives. I mean, every person in this room, corrective lenses, and if you don't, maybe you've had the, the surgery. surgery. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I always say, early on when we got down here, and I went to the doctor, they said, oh, you've got cataracts. So I made a deal. I traded my cataracts for a Mazda. All right? But then they, they said, we can do two ways, you know. And, I'm, and, then, and then the dollar signs started ringing up what insurance would or wouldn't cover. So it was fine. So I can do this. I can see things. But if I try to read without these, it ain't working. All right. Unless you get one this way. Yeah, and you could get, you could get. I guess ultimately, we all have this chance of going blind, don't we? With all the eye diseases and everything that's there. But here, this guy was born blind. Never saw the light of day as we, as we, as we see it. I don't know how that went. So, and, and yet the disciples are saying, well, was it him or was it something? Mm -hmm. you know? Well, the reality is it's a defect in our, in our whole being. 
Pastor, what's the point of him asking about the generational? It was it was it him or was it his parents? There's there's that notion that sin gets gets passed, passed on. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If 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 your parents did it, you might be the you might be the recipient of. That was that was Old Testament sort of thing. <clears throat> sure. Well, and I think that's not unlikely today that people say that you're a product of your parents. Well, if you do this, it's because your parents didn't do this or whatever. You know, we 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 we, we fail sometimes to take individual responsibility for our actions, right? And at the other side of it, though, you know, if if we as parents or grandparents or whatever role we're in aren't guiding, you know, we can lead a, a, a child or a, a young adult into some sort of a spiritual blindness. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that a little bit too. But, but the reality, if, 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 if we in our roles of those things being given children by God do not guide them and direct them in that journey, you know, they end up with a certain amount of spiritual blindness, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's why I think it takes a whole community to raise a child. You know, uh, uh, the reality is, as, as we look back on our ministry, who raised our children? The people in the churches, along with us. You know, the, each of them had a, had, a, had a part in their life. Now, we were at one place through most of their life, so that, that's different, all right, you know, until they left home. Right and and but our kids would say what the the congregation raised us to and we take that as a great that's a great thing you know they had a lot of different models in their life and people who touched their life and, and there's one man at at St Luke who now he's kind of going blind and and yet you know what he, he's an engineer he goes in every, he's 95 years old he goes into work. He got, worships on Thursday night, goes into work on Sundays. He founded this, this, this uh, company when he was texting <coughs> his son, his son's slot car racer. And he, he ended up developing relay switches for satellites. And oh my God. Th- this guy is just in- incredible. He's an incredible man. And we always say, Vic, you are out of this world. Yeah. <laughs> he is yeah. everywhere. But, but here, now, he's, he's got this eye problem. He's not letting it stop him, though. Know, that's, that's the amazing thing. So this blindness, though it's real, all right? Neither, and Jesus responds, hey, neither the man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Now, some people are very uneasy with that. (coughs) God allowed it to happen. All right? Well, doesn't God, in essence, have control over everything? Yes. All right? And yet God could do something incredible with it. All right? When when I think about blind people that I knew that became uh, very fluent through Braille... They did amazing things, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. And, and so it, even that can make a difference. I don't always like to hear those things, to tell you the truth. Uh, but through it, here God's name could be glorified, all right? As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. So Jesus is saying, as long as it's day, when we see in the day, what was Jesus' mission? To touch the lives of his people in many and various ways. Healings was one way, all right? Embracing people, finding a place for them in the lives of other people was very much about, about it. Uh, and, and notice how, he, how, how the gospel uses these, these two, the, the concept of night and day, all right? He says, night is coming when no one can work. How would you interpret that? What, what do you think that could mean? I mean, how many of you work in total darkness? We don't do that. You know, you walk into your rooms, and what's the first thing you do at, at night? You flip on the switch. I remember we were out of power on Long Island for, was it, 10 days? Something like that. Every time I'd go into the house, I'd turn on the switch, and I'd say, nothing's going on here. What's going on here? Nothing's going on. 
So we don't like to be in the dark. Right? And, and so night is coming when no one can work. Well, I am in the world. I am the light of the world. So Jesus is using this to take the two, the opposite. He says, the world in which we live brings us darkness, but what? I am the light. You know, he builds on that concept of taking us out of darkness into his marvelous light. All right? So, uh, then, what do you think about his way of healing? The, the, the uh, Le- Levitical traditions would say that that's unclean. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't do that. You, you don't mess in the mud. You don't put it on people's eyes and all that. Spittle. You don't spittle. spittle. Yeah. Although spittle, if you think about that, yeah. it does do some cleansing, right? It does some, do some, you know, sometimes if you get a burn, what do you do? You spit on it. You know, it, hopefully it brings some. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it, it does work. You know, it does work. So, so here he spits on the ground, with, made some mud with saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, when you think about that, what did he have to lose? Right? What did he have to lose? The guy couldn't see anyway. So, and, and there are, in, in Hebrew traditions, there's something about uh, using the spittle to help with injuries and things like that. So Jesus literally spits, puts the mud on, and, and the next part of this is really interesting. He says, go, wash in the pool of Siloam. Yeah. Is there something there? There is. There is. The pool of Siloam was the way that the Israelites got water into the city of Jerusalem when there was the thought of the threat of them being cut off from a water supply. So they had to go through rock and chisel away to make a tunnel from this water supply in Siloam to get the water in. And they went from both ends through heavy rock. And guess what? They met in the middle. Now that's the hand of God. That's the hand of God. And and they met in this this pool. And Siloma means sent. And Jesus says to this guy, what? He sent him to the pool of Siloam. And his eyes were open. Now, I don't know how you would react to something like that. But I would think this guy was a pretty happy guy. Well, except... He made a living by begging. Now he's got to get a job. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting radical part. change in his life. Radical change in his life. Yeah. I mean, he might have been able to make some money just the fact that he now can see. <laughs> Coincidentally, Janet and I watched Jesus last night, oh, yeah. and we've been recording it. And uh-huh. we, 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 Saturday night, knocking right. on, we turned it on, <laughs> right. and it was this. Was it really? Oh, yeah. wow. And he may have made a living at begging, but it wasn't a very attractive living. Here, why don't you, why don't you guys come up here and do this stuff? Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, it, was, wow. it was so kind of coincidental when you yeah. opened this. I don't have to read this. <laughs> if you were blind, just you couldn't have seen it and you couldn't have read it. Unless you had is the mud and in, in, in the saliva, is it, and then making him go to the, is it sort of like a baptism in a way? I don't, I don't know. I'm maybe reading too much into that. But well, I guess maybe in some ways it could be likened it's to a that. self-baptism. I guess yeah. he could go do this result. a renewal. Yeah. In his life. Yeah. And just know. also think about the guy. He, so what's his purpose in life? Right. He's been blind. He's been uh, uh, made a beggar. He's been all this stuff. He's got a historical purpose for sure. God's work, right? Yeah. And, and we also have to remember <laughs> in the scriptures. We get little, I call these lightning flashes. Uh, the miracles that Jesus performs are lightning flashes of God's grace, right? Because we, we get them in, in many and various, I'm sure he did many other ones, but here this is one, and, and this guy is now seeing, and like you're right, his life has to change now. I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you make that change? I mean, I'm sure people would have recognized him around Jerusalem, right? Sure. He was a beggar. 
I mean, the same place every day. Yeah. Probably, yeah. unless he was really good and he got from place to place and he had you know a little place everywhere in the, the city. But I mean, I mean, we see beggars here, right? They're not necessarily blind, but you see them on the sides of the road, right in front of the sign that says "Don't." Give, give to the people who are doing this. You know, uh, so the reality is, you know, we're not, we're not out of that woods, all right? Nor are people that are blind, all right? Uh, you know, I don't see... I don't, we used to have a place in Milwaukee called Lighthouse for the Blind, and it was a, it was a place where they could go and live. I don't think it's there anymore. I wonder what we, what are we doing with the blind? Is there something in Richmond? In Flint, Michigan, there was Flint. a big school for the blind. Yeah. That's gone now. They made it into a Is that because we have less blindness, or we're just dealing with it in a different way? There used to be a school for the blind in Hampton. Okay. Not anymore, though. Not anymore. It's gone. That's interesting. There's a place in Richmond. One of our parishioners, John Reck, works there. Oh, oh. That does a month, and they have furniture, they have pens. I don't know exactly how it all works out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but they're employed. They're employed. They're employed. Somewhere in Richmond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know people who are blind can get employment, yeah. but sure. they must not be living in those communities as much anymore. It's my is it because there's less blind people? And I don't know the answer to that question. Well, well there's, there's better care and they can probably maybe get care in a more personal way. Yeah. yeah. Institution, yeah. possibly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm guessing. Yeah. I guess you can still even get a transplant, like you a corneal in Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, we have the eye bank. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Technology has brought us to that point, too. Mm-hmm. Which that's a good thing. So, but, but, you know, the reality is Jesus sent him there. His eyes were washed. He cleaned. He comes back. He, he can see. Can you imagine what that must have been like for him? Oh, oh. I, I, you know, uh, we, I think we just take our sight for granted, don't we? Yes. You know, that, that, that in the morning when we awake, awaken, we open our eyes so we can see. Uh, and, and I know as I've been with people like my brother-in-law who, who went blind, how difficult that, that was. You know, he was an avid reader. Avid reader. So that's a hard thing, right? It's uncanny the way blind people can sense. I, um, my sorority, is their motto is sight conservation in the age of the blind. And we used to read to them in college to blind people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these, they were mostly men. I, I don't think we had any girls. They were men or young men. And they would have their cane and they would come to us for reading. They didn't want us to go to them. They would come to us and they'd take the cane and they'd be out on the street and off they would go. And they, um, So they had some kind of a sense. They knew what floor they were on and when, where the steps were and they didn't have dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't have a dog. But there's some kind of a sense, you know, it's like a sixth sense. Seeing eye dogs, they used to call them. Yeah, yeah. But what does that say to us, perhaps? That if if one of our senses is not sharp, the the other senses can pick up Mm -hmm. and do that. Like, I remember watching blind people with the cane, the red and white cane, and walking around, even New York. You know, I, can you imagine that walking yeah, through Manhattan on the street? Well, they and they still have those things at the corners. Mm-hmm. There's a like a sound that mm-hmm. the, um, right. that the light right. makes, so that anyone yeah. knows that yeah. it's okay to cross. So what happens sometimes, <laughs> and, and I think this was even in Jewish traditions, people will say you did something wrong, therefore you became blind. Mm-hmm. You know, something maybe morally or whatever without the realization that blindness can be a physical, totally physical kind of thing. And, and, and so for, th- for this group of people, certainly, you know, uh, seeing him, his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begged, asked, isn't this the same man? And then some said, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is what? It was. It, wasn't, it was the same bodily person, but it was a different person.
renewal in God opened his eyes in order that he could see, which is an amazing thing when you think about that. And, and I think in our lives, too, sometimes we, we can be blind without being blind. Right? And, and many people are. You know, they, they don't see the need to. They're blinded by what's going on around them. Rather than saying, hey, what can we do to help? Uh, but the man said, no, uh, I, I'm the guy. And then people wanted to know what? How can you see now? I mean, that's, I'm sure this didn't happen a lot. Maybe more than we know, right? This is the only time it's here. The man they called Jesus. So what's happened here? The man becomes a light to other people. The man they called Jesus did this to me. It's a testimony. It's a sharing of the news of what God has done in this. Right? And he explains it, made some mud, put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed. What does that tell us? He had faith that it would happen. Yeah, he he went. Mm -hmm. Was he assured that it would happen? No, but he went. Right When Jesus calls us, he says, go. We're not always ready to do that, right? And yet, at times... It changes your life. It put this guy's life in a in a 180. It turned it around into a different thing. All right. Now the interesting other thing here is that's the last we hear. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't know any more about him. Do we need to know any more? No. We'd like to know more. What what happened with him? Well, I, I know he became uh, the high scorer of the. Israeli basketball team in the Yakabaya games. Right. No, he didn't really. He didn't have basketball. But that's really not the end of the story. And this is where the conversation takes on. Now skip to verse 35. See, people were blind because they could not see Jesus for who Jesus was and is. Is that true today? Yes. Spiritual blindness is the lack of recognition. Now, verse 35. After the, what do the Pharisees do? They invest, before that, in verse 13, the Pharisees insist on an investigation. Does this sound 21st century? <laughs> Let's investigate it. All right. I will offer him. Calphus and Nachman, or whoever is on the TV show. With a guy who, who you know, gets your money no matter what. Joel right. Bieber. Joel, yeah. yeah. Joel Bieber. I, I hate that commercial. All right. But. <laughs> Do you have that guy? You've been watching it for 25 years. Oh, my God. It's all over. I don't know where, where he really decides. He's a, he's a good friend. We have a friend who's his everywhere. cousin. Oh, really? Yeah. What do you do? Anyway, so the Pharisees do this, but uh, <laughs> so let's go to verse 35. Yeah. Somebody want to read 35 through 41? I wish I could. Jesus, <laughs> Thank you. Jesus so. heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Mm -hmm. Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now you say, we see your guilt remains. Wow. 
So uh, the great Lutheran question is, what does this mean? Yeah. And it's far worse to be spiritually blind than physically blind. Yeah. And why is that? Well, because you will be lost. Because spirit, uh, physical blindness is temporal. Spiritual blindness is eternal. So you've got this this spiritual blindness thing. And and I think in our world, and certainly in the world that Jesus was, was living in, it's still the same issue, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, we can physically see, or we could be physically blind, but how are we spiritually? How are we spiritually? Are we spiritually blind? Do we, do we not see... <coughs> In Jesus, one who has given all, sent on a journey by his Father, for whom? For all people of all time. When you think about that, what what is that about? Well, that's about God's grace. That's about the mercy of God. How many times in the scriptures do we hear Jesus in these different... uh, Settings and, and the scripture says, and he looked upon them and he loved them. Mm-hmm. Not, not always the people who were treating him well. You know, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. The words from the cross. Think, think in terms of that for our lives, in terms of you know, the blindness that sometimes overtakes us you know, how many times have perhaps any of us in this room said, man, how, how could God ever let that happen? Mm-hmm. I know I've said it. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are too many times in ministry, who, I'm sure for all of you, but certainly for us pastors, when we say, I can't make any sense out. And, I, and we got to try. Yeah. 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 we got to try. Uh, this past week when we were on Long Island there was a woman who passed away who's been fighting cancer for nine years I mean now I'm sure there's people that do it a lot longer but as she passed away she was 55 see this woman and I hadn't talked to her since we left there seven six years ago or something uh, but I used to visit her on a regular basis in her home and, and she went through this all, and her husband said to me at the funeral, because we were there, said, said to me, she had a faith, and she lived by that, even in the midst of one cancer after another, invading her body. And her kids, <laughs> were you shy? I mean, I'm looking at, these are young adults. They were so, you know, God is with her, and I'm like, maybe we got through this, these kids. I mean, they're great kids, but, but the rea- not that they were in church every Sunday. Right? Do you know the latest statistics on, on what considered re- regular church attendance are? I just heard this the other day. If you go once every six weeks, you're considered a regular attendant. Oh, I said, who said so? <laughs> Don't tell anybody. So? I'm not telling tell you. You're here. Once every six weeks. You know, Pastor, that, that person that passed with cancer, maybe that was their mission, right? To, to keep the faith and to show that faith to everybody who saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she reflected it. I was, I was, it was amazing. She was very, at one time, big in the PTFA and SEPTA, which is the special education PTFAs and that. And we went to this to the funeral home. The place was packed, you know, with, with people who she, whose lives she touched. And, and, and the, the, the church service, I mean, this is the middle of the week. They came, they packed it, you know. Which then gave the pastors this opportunity to, to share that, you know. So I, I think, you know, sometimes we, we have to understand how that, that spiritual blindness is out there. It's real for people, mm-hmm. right? And, and here, you know, the physical healing of the, the Bartimaeus is his name, which means son of Timaeus, uh, was a miraculous thing. 
But our healing from our spiritual blindness is a miraculous thing too. And, and how easily we can fall into that, right? Into spiritual blindness. Um, and I, you know, I, 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 I thought in terms of this, uh, how this must have been, certainly for the disciples, especially during this Holy Week we think about this, um, in some ways, they could not see Jesus for who he was, or who he is. And I think that's, you know, he's far more than a miracle worker. And, and I take some comfort, actually, in looking at those disciples and saying, you know, they were tremendously different than any one of us. You know, I mean, Peter, this strong guy, <laughs> he denied him. How did Jesus treat him? He loved him. You know, and I think that's something that the church has to, has to, has to understand. That, that it's not always going to be smooth. And, and pastors, we make a lot of mistakes. That's why all of you are in the ministry with us. Did you repeat that? I'll write that down. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 I'm not speaking for the senior pastor here. I'm only, I'm only speaking on behalf of the eight retired guys. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a humbling thing that we too, in our own lives, at times are spiritually blind. And yet God is there with us. You know, he's, he, he puts the spittle on the ground with the mud and he opens our eyes. That's why being in worship is such an important thing. That's why we're in sacrament ministry mm-hmm. is really the essence of who we are. That's why our conversations with Jesus in prayer help to open our eyes to see, you know, see him clearly. Uh, what was the old song? To see thee more clearly, love thee more dearly, and follow thee more nearly. Was that from God's spell? Day by day. Yeah. It was originally an old, old prayer from a monk. Was it? Wrote that. And they just put and they it in God's Well, and, and, and when we think about that in our own lives, how can we be that instrument of Jesus in the world today? How can we help take that mud and put our spittle in it and help to open the eyes of people? And I think you all can do that, right? And and I believe that very often it is not the work of the clergy that changes lives of people. it's, It's the Spirit of God. But the instruments in that very often are not the clergy. They're all of you. Why? Well, we were out in the world. Yeah, yeah there are more of us, too. For a lot of people, they expect us to say this. That's our job. Yeah. They see it that way. They don't necessarily see that being your job. But it is. It's part of our baptismal covenant. <clears throat> but it's you reflecting what how you have been taken from darkness into God's marvelous light. And then he says, now, what, what do we say? Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and what? Give glory to your Father in heaven. So it, it takes us from, from darkness into light. And, and I, I think for, for a lot of people, uh, this account here, in, in chapter 9 goes way beyond just the physical healing of, of the man who was born blind to our spirit, spiritual blindness and a sense of all people are blinded by the things sometimes of the world, sometimes of what they've experienced. And yet, if Jesus could change a blind man to see, 
can he not change all of our lives? Does he not do that? That's the work of the Spirit. And, 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 and again, I think that spirit works within us. But if you remember your catechism back from uh, maybe confirmation, when you get to the third article of the Apostles' Creed, which is one that we don't talk enough about, we, the spiritual aspect of what do we say? I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, and come to him. But he's called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts sanctified and kept me in the one true faith, even as he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth. Conversion is the work of the Spirit of God. But, what? We're all part of that. Catalyst. Yeah, we can be a catalyst. I like that word. Catalyst. And we can be the nudge in people's lives. I know people said to me, why do you keep pushing me a little bit? I said, because that's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. You know? Does that always work? No, you've got to be able to read the signs, too. And, and, and I even used this quote last week in my sermon. I said to them, you know, there's somebody sitting in this church today who, who told me that I would never get their husband to come to this church. Actually, he was sitting there at that service. And I, and I told him just what I told her. I said, you are absolutely right. I will never get him to come to this church. Did he? Yeah. Because God worked in him, took him from the blindness that he had into the brightness of, of God's grace and mercy. And now uh, this is the kind of person you want in your church. <laughs> you know? This is, you know and, and maybe some of you have been on that journey too. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But the reality is, that's how God works. Uh, and, and, and I think here, in, in this chapter, he's really challenging us, right? When, when he says, uh, the, in verse 38, Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Can you imagine what it must have been for that, that blind man who now could see? Now his eyes were opened up even more so when he said, Lord, I believe and started worshiping. Amazing. It's pretty cool that, that from the standpoint that it doesn't take a lot. If you never are able to see it, now you can see. And this guy did it for you. Hey, I'm, I'm a believer, right? Why not? <laughs> you know, and that's how easy it is to see once you have the light, right? It's that easy. Yeah. Well, and, you know, if we, well, well, yeah, exactly, but we don't know that until it happens, right? right. Well, you got to ask Kathy someday to tell you about the day I had my first cataract surgery. I was a bear. Why? You know, one eye is covered because they just did it. The other eye, I didn't have my glasses on. I couldn't see anything. You know, it's all, I could see something. It was all blurry. So what could I do? I couldn't read. <laughs> Watching TV was no fun. It was during the day, and that's really no fun. <laughs> right? There was no Wisconsin football game or basketball game on, or Virginia Hokie game or whatever. Right? But as soon as I took that patch off, the next morning, was it? It was like, wow. I can't believe how good I can see. And then... A couple of weeks later, when they did the other eye, it wasn't as bad because I could see out of this right, one. Right. It was like, this is a whole new world. Now, I still need these, which is okay. But the reality is, I can't imagine what it must be for a blind man who else, you know, if he gets a transplant or something, and then can see. But spiritually speaking, that has to be even greater in the sense of knowing that God has given us a new life, a new hope. So that's a conversation we have with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And my time is run off, right? Mm -hmm. Any questions, comments? If you, if you want to write me up for heresy, just go ahead and do it. <laughs> yeah. I thought the great testimony today was that young girl. Oh, oh so, right. Wasn't she amazing? Yeah. That was cool. Yeah.
Yeah. That had to it hit somebody. That might be a catalyst for somebody. And all those young people sitting uh -huh. there. Oh yeah, and that that even yes, yes. That's, yeah. That was, uh -huh. yeah. I didn't know that was her daughter. That I didn't either. Carol. I didn't know that was Carol's daughter. You didn't? No. And I didn't know her, her son really was adopted. Anastasia. Are they brother and sister? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't th oh, I are they know. blood brother and sister no. or not? No, no, no. no. Two, two separate adoptions. Two separate, yeah. Above Russia. Yeah. Anastasia. Yeah. Anastasia. Yeah. We we had a, a family at St. Luke that adopted a mm -hmm. Russian child. Two families. Two families. That's right. About the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a big thing. It was. A number of years ago. Yeah. I don't think so much anymore. Okay. Any other questions? Comments? Concerns? I would like to know, um, in verse 38, where it says, and the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. What do you think he did? What was his worship? I had a note, I think, that said, that meant bow down. Uh, yeah, the man was giving Jesus the reverence due to God. Whatever that means. Yeah. You know, if he bowed down to him, Bow maybe him. embraced him, him, maybe gave an offering. Mm -hmm. you know, 21st century, we think about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know where I got that. Okay. Just yeah, in this, in this Bible, the note says he worshipped him. The man was giving Jesus the reverence due to God. Now, God always rem remember all these notes are not divinely inspired. All right, they're, 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 they're man's. And it would be interesting to see in the next version what they say. Yeah, it's true. When they do the next Bible. So let's go to prayer. Lord, as we begin our journey through this Holy Week, we thank and praise you for opening our eyes to see you, to follow where you have led the way, to rejoice in knowing that you bear our sin upon the cross and that you have buried it with you and have given us new hope and new life. Guide us in this week. We thank you for the opportunity to study your word together. Strengthen each of us in our faith. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and his people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.